0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kings and Priests podcast. This episode is brought to you by our incredible partners at Dwell Bible. Uh they have been the sponsor of this podcast as well as the Good Theology podcast now for a couple of months. And uh, they're offering free trials for pastors, leaders. So you can go to our show notes, click the link in the bio there. And uh, Dwell is just an incredible partner. But even more than that, they have an incredible product, which allows you to listen to scripture, different scripture pray, uh, playlists, um, and all of that stuff. So uh, click in the show notes and go follow our incredible friends at Dwell Bible.
1: Dean, Right. what's up, man? Uh, good. I'm out in uh, Rancho Mirage, California. Paradise. Paradise, it is actually. Paradise. A little rain yesterday, but uh, and then yeah, it's just back to 75 and perfect today. Nice. Yeah.
0: Are you uh, going to golf at all while you're there this I time? I'm
1: not, not. I'm not. I'm going to go. Um, we have friends that come at, we go to the tennis with, so in between nice. a bunch of work meetings, I'm going to be uh, going to the tennis semi-final tennis. today and working this afternoon and then heading back to LA tomorrow.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, it's been a crazy week. So normally, so if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we have attempted to get a few weeks ahead on our recording um, just for a whole bunch of different reasons. Ooh. But today's episode, I'm going to like, we're going to get edited and put up tomorrow because cool. I feel like there's a lot of real time stuff that needs to be, you know, yeah. talked about. Yeah. So, um, Let's chat Silicon Valley Bank. If you have been living under a rock and you're listening today and you don't know what happened, Dean, why don't you just give us like sure. a quick explanation yep. um, of maybe what happened and, and kind of even so on today, Thursday, March 16th, it seems like there's some – it doesn't seem like Silicon Valley Bank is the only bank that's having no, some issues. So maybe no. just give us like a quick, a quick background on what happened.
1: So Silicon Valley Bank, 16th largest bank in the U.S., very prominent in Silicon Valley, uh, obviously, um, and a lot of tech startups um, would put their money with Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank did a bunch of things. Um, they actually had an investment banking side of the business. They had a debt side of the business, and they just took normal checking account deposits, like you know Wells Fargo or whoever. So um, they they had some complicated instruments that were specifically designed. For tech companies, fast, uh, fast growth companies. And so, you know, for the last, I think, 20 years, they were really the go to bank. And so the crux of what happened was essentially for the last 10 years, um, interest rates have been at zero or 1%. And what happens was the, these banks, especially in 2020, 2021, there was massive amounts of deposits flowing into these banks. Um, it's Salooning Valley, especially. The, the VCP world of raising tons of money, throwing it at companies. Companies didn't know what to do with it. They put it in the bank. Sometimes they took debt facilities against the cash, right? which allows you to um, not dilute the ownership of the company. So instead of selling equity in the business to grow, you go get debt against cash that you have, and therefore you're not diluting your position in the company. And so a lot of that was going on. And what Silicon Valley Bank did was they acquired a bunch of Treasury bills that were going to very safely return, you know, one, one and a half, two percent over 10 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fast forward.
0: Really the the safest, safest, at the time, one of the safest investments you can make. Until
1: interest rates go to 7%. And those one and a half percent bonds are now um, worth less because why would I buy a one and a half percent bond when I can go and buy a five percent bond? And so what happened was is because the economy tanked a bit, the depositors, i.e. tech com- companies, started withdrawing cash. And as they withdrew cash, SVB had to go and replenish that because there's all these rules around, this is because of the dotted Frank bill back in the 08 or 09, there's all these rules around how much cash you've got to have on hand against for the depositors. So as people drew cash out, they're like, man, we got to sell some of these securities, but we're selling them at a time where they're like they literally sold them at a twenty percent discount. This then triggered like a couple of prominent Silicon Valley guys to go, we don't think S V B is safe. Then last, between last Thursday and Friday, forty two billion gets withdrawn. And then as we know now, the FDIC pulls and in and pulls the plug and shuts the whole thing down.
0: And and that's because a VC or an investor reaches out to all their portfolio Correct. companies. And then it just starts to cascade, yeah. um, which makes sense, right? I mean, there's and, – and this thing has been talked about till we're blue in the face. But if you're a startup founder, there's been a lot of talk about like loyalty to Silicon Valley Bank. And mm-hmm. the reality is is that you can't fault anybody, at least that's my thought, for going, wait a minute, i got to get my money out of right. here because – Well, there's
1: a rub, right? Like So there's two arguments here. One is because eventually by Sunday night, the government came and said, we're going to backstop all depositors. I actually think that was the right thing to do um the shareholders the bondholders the executives all wiped out so the bank was not bailed out anyone who kind of ran the bank to this point to this you know point of a loss is pretty much <laughs> career is over and and there's predictions of litigation for many years to come around you know how these guys mm-hmm. ran the bank that aside um i believe it was correct like if you're a think you're a small business. Forget it's tech for a second. Let's say you've got a small business and you're a plumbing business and you're buying trucks and you're expanding your business and you're gonna get a business loan, but then you also put your you know, you run your business through a Wells Fargo checking account and that goes under, which it wouldn't, that's another thing to talk about the big four banks. Like it's not my fault as a depositor in good faith running my business. And then all of a sudden, because of things way beyond my control, I, I you know, I have my account shut down. anything over 250K is, you know, is gone. So there was all these companies that weren't going to be able to make payroll this week if this didn't happen. It would have been some kind of contagion event would have just kept dominoing right through this as it is a little bit in different ways this week. But uh, that's essentially what happened. And, you know, like the system is broken a bit when this happens. Um, I, I think the, you know, you can go back to the root cause of this. The root cause of this is that we printed, $3 trillion over the last three years, flushed that money through the system. It started inflating prices. And the only antidote to that is to raise interest rates. And they rose the quickest time ever in the history of the country, went from 1%. You know, I think mortgages kind of topped out at seven and a half. They just come back down a little bit. But when you slam the brakes that hard on on an economy that is in some pockets kind of still roaring. You create this situation where this was an unintended consequence, but nevertheless a consequence because, Mm -hmm. honestly, of a poorly managed economy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the big questions was there was a lot of people basically just, you know, cheering for none of these people to get their money back. You know, like there was this weird reaction. There was a tweet I saw um, that said uh, this. Actually, I thought it was really good. Says, I honestly can't believe how many people are so filled with hate for the U.S. tech sector, despite using its products and services every day. That they'd rather see tens of thousands of people go unpaid than see the SVB failure resolved. Um, and I, I think my thing was is like, if if you think that we're now supposed to expect every startup founder, any business owner, to understand the complexities of what their bank is investing right. in, we're done. Yeah, it's game over yeah. for. Her. For anyone is that right well what
1: happens is is you play that out right so it's these regional smaller banks you know that cater to niche kind of customers if if there's not confidence in those banks then the only option is to go to a big four right uh, wells fargo bank of america jp morgan and then the jp morgan pub, you know uh, kind of consumer side chase if that's the case like bank of america got 15 billion in deposits on friday because people people right. move them out of SSB, right? So if we want to put every all the money in four banks, which by the way today are too big to fail, like if something happened and it started hitting Wells Fargo, for instance, where I happen to keep mm-hmm. my money personally and, and business, same, um, same. You, I mean, that that wipes out everything. So the mm-hmm. government would step in. So it's like, well, the government stepped on. and and help the depositors of SVB, but they'd also step in and protect the depositors of Wells Fargo and Bank of America. They're just too big to fail is the term that everyone hates to use, but it's a fact. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be, I'm I'm a less regulations guy, I'm get the government out of things guy, all of that, all the time. But when you have these institutions that are so like tentacles going all through the economy and you can go and blow it up and unravel it and it could take us, I mean, the Great Depression, there was... There was five or 600 banks closing a year in the 20s Jeez. because no one had faith in the banking system. And then that's where FDIC started. And obviously, you know, it was at 100K for many years and now 250. That system needs to be looked at because it's not adequate in today's, you know, world. But if you want to go through 10 years of bank closures and a Great Depression, yeah, let the whole thing fall over but because that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, everyone's like, oh, we don't want to do that. So let's shore up the depositors. Try and calm the markets, which has happened, and uh, hopefully, this little there's other banks, you know, First Republic's trying to get sold today, Credit Suisse just you know kind of co- collapsed got yesterday, but yeah. then they got another 50 billion line of credit today. So, look, it this all sounds like if you're not in this world, and I'm not deeply in this world, but if but I'm close to it, if you don't understand it, you just think there's a bunch of rich people getting money because they kind of didn't run their business well. Some of that's true. A lot um, of it is actually just to prop up the economy so you don't have a 10 year depression. Mm-hmm. That's the reality.
0: Right. Yeah. Should, um, do you think a startup founder, now again, I think if you have, if you have less than 250 grand, fine. you're covered. You're but fine. that's no one. For, that
1: that was know. like 10% of SVB clients. Like exactly. you're in it, you go and raise 5 million, you know, in a, in a seed round today. There's five, you put that in the bank. What are you supposed to do? Put that in, you know, like 20 different banks to stay under the 250 rule? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not practical, you know? Like yeah. Roku had 500 million in SVB, and there's a lot of criticism. Like, why did the CFO not spread that around? Okay, maybe he put 50 here, 50 there, 100 there, but it's still under the 250. He's never getting exactly. under it. Right? right. And then you can put it in securities yeah. and buy bonds with it. But, you know, c- companies need, you've got to tie that money up, three, six, 12, 10 year money. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, one of the things I don't understand honestly, is why SVB did 10-year treasuries. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that that was a little mystery to me. I, no one's answered that question yet, mm-hmm. and um, I'd like to ask that to someone who was smart. Because the rate of return on two years and one years in the last little bit, I guess this was money from like three or five years ago, and they kind of just have to lock it up and to get mm-hmm. some kind of return on it mm-hmm. for investors. But, mm-hmm. man, putting money away for 10 years and then – You know, it's worth one and a half percent, and and now I can go and buy the same bit of paper for Mm. four and a half? Mm -hmm. Why would I buy a piece of paper getting me one and a half when I can go buy a piece of paper getting me four and a half? And so that's why they just sell those one and a half percent bonds down to discount, which Mm -hmm. created the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Such a crazy, I mean, I've, you know, it's. I mean, I saw story after story of Startup Founder on Twitter going, I have 30 employees, I'm not going to be able to make payroll this idea that it was just all a bunch of rich tech founders driving around and two hundred thousand dollar. This is small like, tech. That that was a poor yeah, this is small this tech. This is right? not
1: Google, Facebook, Apple. This is small tech. And mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what the byproduct of, of tech is? The byproduct of tech is for all the bad things it produces, it produces some awesome things. Think about the medicine. Think about the biotech. Think about the technology that's making our lives better. That all comes from risky risk-taking founders that are, you know, if the better or are connected to, you know, the Bay Area and Silicon Valley and that part of the world. It's an innovation hotspot. And just just step back a minute and and if, before you hate on tech and, and like, maybe go and give all your tech up, you know, for a month and see how you go. You won't do it. You won't even last a day mm-hmm. without the tech that comes out of Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. Right. So, you know, it's like, and look, there was some stuff SVB did that I don't agree with. They gave money to BLM and they got super woke. Like that's, you know, that's, that's going to be another discussion. I don't think companies should be doing those kind of things, but you know, it's uh, the guys at the top paid, their careers are smashed. Their, Mm -hmm. their uh, wealth is, is is, is gone because their wealth was connected to the bank with the stock that they had. And so they're going to pay the price. Let's let the small innovating entrepreneurs keep going because ultimately in the next 10 years. There's gonna be things that come out of this set of companies. This cohort of companies that got you know bailed out from their depositors. Mm-hmm. They're gonna create a lot of great products in the next ten years. Let's yep. let's come back in ten years and see what came good as a result of backing up these deposits. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, great. Um Okay, so I have a business idea oh, for well. you. It's it's not really a business idea. It's a it's a tool. It's a okay. you know, it's it's a it's an experiment, yeah. but um, so obviously, I live in this media world. And so I, you know, this sort of like world of the creator right now is, is still sure. growing, even in the midst of a of a bad economy. Um, so I've been I get all these ads and emails uh, uh, for these AI tools mm-hmm. that allow you to most of them started as more in a B2B space. You could upload a lecture. You could upload a presentation, mm-hmm. and it would use AI to cut that into chapters, um, even in some cases, give a subtitle or sure. give the description. Um, there's now probably in the last eight to 10 months been a few companies come out that are doing this for things like podcasts, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And so what they claim to do is, hey, you can upload the video. Uh, and I've played with some of them. They're pretty mm-hmm. clunky. Uh, some of them are okay. They're getting better. GPT-4 just came um, out yesterday.
1: You can... Did you see that?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and and so now this there's this like AI gold rush, right. and I think the last couple episodes of the All In podcast talk really in depth about where they think builders need to be positioned and the different kind of companies that can be built around mm-hmm. this and and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, my idea is not anything new that hasn't been done, but I think it's something that could serve a niche really, really well. So. And by the way, this is coming from someone who has no understanding in a lot of this AI stuff. But what I do understand is content and the problems that a lot of these creators are facing with content. So um, I played with this tool. You can upload a 60-second video. It will use AI to cut the video into reels and shorts and and all this kind of stuff. It will throw captions. Something a human would have done. Something a human would have done at... um, and Taylor Ransom, who's listening, who cuts our clips, I promise you, you'll <laughs> still have a job. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get rid of you. I love you, but we pay a significant amount of money right. for that, and it's it's a it's something you have to do if you're building a media company, whether yep. on, on your own or on a on a grand scale. So, here's what I thought. Uh, I got the domain clipmysermon.com, <laughs> and cl- he's and trying to sell me a business. My, And ClipMyPod.com. And I thought, how most of these companies are not building the AI on their own. They're essentially having someone pull in a few different APIs. And so I thought, what if we could spin up a tool quickly? And I've had a few conversations in the last few days um, that would essentially allow a pastor or a podcaster to simply do this. So it's not... A new product. Right. It's not something that hasn't been done before, but it would serve an niche.
1: So I basically um, upload my file, my YouTube video of my sermon. Yep. And it, and I somehow have connected it to all my socials in the back.
0: No, you, it would just be a, it would be its own platform you connect okay. to. So you, you know, you, you upload it and it clips everything. Um, it clips everything to whatever parameters I want to give yep. it. So whether that's the vertical, you know, Instagram, TikTok, right. whether it's just 30 hey, I seconds. 45 minute thing and um, you know, there are different AI tools. Like you can bring ones together that will show you like what the description of the video right. should be. The AI can literally be trained to pull out the most significant yep. portions right. of it. And with the right APIs uh, I actually think that it could, you could train the AI model to pull out specific. Cause one of the big things about preachers and pastors and theologians is they don't like to be clipped because they don't want half of an idea right. To be put right, up, right? right? So what if you could make sure that it understood how to... Yeah. Uh, do it at the right uh, moment. Theologically, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say that as it's just a basic idea. I've talked to a few different people on what they think something like this would cost. I've gotten some, one person said, oh, this would cost 300 grand just to get something no like way. this up and going. Somebody else said this could be done for probably nothing right. if you found the right person that knew how to interact with, right. the, with the, the AI. Right. Um, so my thought is, is you do this and you specifically go after pastors and church leaders, you charge them a monthly fee, yep. um, and, uh, and then for podcasters yep. and you essentially train each model to know exactly what the output mm-hmm. is. The problem with a lot of the current companies doing this is it's too broad. Right. So, uh, they're serving companies that do training videos, corporate videos. Right. Oh, also social. Um, what do you think?
1: I mean, I love the niche of- you know, obviously I know that niche uh, pretty well. Um, and yeah, I, I think if you could, I like guess it's not worth spending 300k on, um, but if you're thinking about if you could make it really simple, it's kind of an enterprise product. It's a bigger church play, but uh, plenty of opportunity there. And essentially it's a service that does it all for me. And then, you know, like if it could, could post. Like, mm. automate like, if it could do the the proper cuts, mm-hmm. put the captions on, and put it in my Instagram account. Like that would be that's that's pretty over. cool. And <laughs> and I could schedule it to do it every like two hours to do a new clip. <laughs> so I'm like, it's yeah, right. it's like boom! It's from creation to content marketing engine. Yeah. Um, like, you know, so that might be V2 version one. Mm-hmm. It just served me back all the clips and then I go and put them everywhere I want. Right. But yep. I'm pretty sure there's APIs into Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of them, Insta. And, you know, I, th- I think you could do that. Uh, we have a product that allows you to schedule your social media. So, so we have a media product that we do graphics, the Easter service, for instance, mm-hmm. right? And, we, and we, you create a post right and it's going to go out on friday you know at 9 a.m we we, we do that today but we don't can do yeah that. and we do it with video but this is like plugging your engine into something like that mm-hmm. then allows mm-hmm. the user to basically have their accounts all pre-set up and the clips just roll in and out mm-hmm. they go mm-hmm. you know that's yeah that's probably worth 20 bucks a month to someone mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think the tool that I, the, the one tool that I've actually paid to use to experiment with it, I think there was a nineteen dollar a month plan, a dollar, thirty nine dollar mm-hmm. a month plan, and then a ninety nine dollar right. a month plan. Right. The ninety nine dollar a month plan let you import your own fonts right. and logos right, right, right. and you know the whole yeah. thing. Um, okay, well, I just wanted to. It, to me, that was like a niche that. Yeah. First of all, it started because it's a problem that we've been trying to right. figure out. Interesting. Sort of, yeah. Right. So that's what made me start thinking about it. There's a few different people trying to do mm-hmm. this that I've played with that I haven't found to be super compelling. Yep. And then I think for... Yeah, so that was kind of what got me thinking down. Interesting. Thinking down I chat. love it, so we can, we can yeah, chat Yeah, let's, ch- let's chat more. Um Okay. Uh, if you're listening to this and you know how to develop AI... Yeah, give us a hit. Uh, hit uh, up. Reach yep. out to us. If you're listening to this and uh, Clip My Teaching comes out in three weeks, <laughs> uh, we'll find you... And I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. um okay so i gotta tell you this story about how i almost got scammed out of a significant amount of money um and as i start to tell you this story it's going to make sense Mm -hmm. to you i think um and disclaimer off the front um i'm going to keep the details around this generic Mm -hmm. enough as to be charitable to the people involved So last year in November, I get invited to this retreat in Colorado that is a really exclusive, like it was one of those things where when they hit me up and asked me to go, I was like, oh, wow, I've heard of this Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I can't believe I'm invited to go, you know. And there's a lot of people that I know from a bunch of different areas of life that have been connected to this. So it's legit. The people that run it is legit. So disclaimer up front, these people are incredible. So it's not about them, right? It's not about them. Um, so I go to this thing, and um, it's just a gathering of leaders, pastors, yep. business people, younger people. Um, and uh, so while I'm there, I meet this guy who is putting together – basically what he does is he puts together these trips, these, like, leadership trips, golf mm-hmm. trips, uh, all kinds right. of stuff. And at the time, he was chatting about it, two or three different trips he was putting together. One of them was a golf mm-hmm. trip, okay, to Scotland. Mm-hmm do you remember this? I actually think I maybe told you about this, that I got invited to go on, on this trip. So like when I see the people that I'm having this conversation with, the people I've known, I've known for a long time, I trust. Right. So we're sitting there talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, I'm putting together this trip. It's this amount of money. Um, It's going to be in March and uh, it's going to be like eight or nine dudes. And then I'm going to bring a couple of like wise sage guys. And we're going to go to Scotland (laughs) and all expenses paid. We're going to play St. Andrews, whatever. And, uh, He'd also been doing a couple other trips. And so me and the guys I was with are like, dude, this sounds amazing. And, and I'm like, I just found out I was having another kid. And I'm going, man, like I'm texting my wife. She's like, do it. You never do anything like mm-hmm. this. Like, you know, this would be good for you personally. It'd be good for business. It'll be fun. So I send the guy a deposit via Venmo, as does six of the other dudes that we there mm-hmm. with. Right. So this is around Thanksgiving and uh, a month goes by and I'm on a group chat with all these mm-hmm. people talking about this mm-hmm. trip and i i just one day i was like you know the economy had turned even worse i'm like thinking again like i just you know as fun as this would yep. be
1: should i be doing this away, now?
0: The, yeah this isn't the right time uh our, the Theos, it was actually i found that it was going to be just after the theosu mm-hmm. conference which we're at yeah. next week and right after our vision builders it was just like i can't it just none of it all of a sudden none of it worked out so i hit this guy up and say hey man Listen, I'm really sorry to do this. I, I double booked. I can't go. Um, I understand if you can't send me my full right. refund, but what right. can you do? And he hits him back like, oh, totally. No worries. I can send you back the full refund. Give me a few weeks to sort it all out. This is around okay. Christmas. So without getting too far into the details of the back and forth over the last few months, this dude has completely disappeared. Yeah, wow. Completely disappeared. He's disappeared on all the people that have sent him money for this ooh,
1: trip. Ooh.
0: Not only that, but... There are, I mean, this thing spreads to probably 10 or 15 different people who he owes significant amounts of money to. We, we put together that we think this guy could owe $200,000 wow. to people. And this guy has completely gone. disappeared. Completely gone. Wow. And without getting into all the details and all the back and forth, um, there's now a group of us that for the last two weeks on have the been on the hunt. And um, absolutely crazy. So thankfully, Wells Fargo, amazing yep. bank that I also do my personal and business banking with, uh, um, has completely refunded oh, wow. me. So I'm not, t- thank God I'm not, I'm not out any money um, and has said that the Venmo account that this fraud claim was associated with has quite a few really with, with them as well. Come to find out this guy a few years ago had a business that he skipped out on paying like 25 or 30 contractors Mm. on that have now filed a class action lawsuit against this person. Mm. So, Mm. um,
1: isn't that crazy? crazy.
0: Isn't that absolutely insane? Nothing like this has ever happened. I mean, not when you uh, have like, thankfully I got my money back.
1: Well, that's great. Um, lots of people don't, um, like these people that pray, like, was he like, this was a Christian event. Yes. Right. So he's just think about what he's doing. He's coming to a Christian event. Somehow he gets an invite. He's got some kind of reputation that he's faked. And then he's, and he's like literally faking his Christianity to go and make a couple of hundred grand. I mean, talk about like the wages of sin is death, dude. I wouldn't want to be that guy. I know. He's going to get lightning mm-hmm. bolts, you know, coming down. I know. So, like, so we'll hand him over to Satan. And, uh, and, exactly. and he, he'll be dealt with <laughs> at some point. Um, and it just, it's got to be alert at all times, right? The Bible crazy? says you've got to be alert at all times. Not just for yeah. scams, but just, you just got to be alert. Because you mm-hmm. just, the devil just throws stuff at you. Um, yep.
0: And I don't, it's crazy. Man. And I don't know what the lesson is. I, if you're listening, just don't be an idiot like me. But I will say, I will say, I kind of always had a right. weird feeling.
1: Yeah, From the beginning, yeah.
0: right? I was like, something, something is Try not, them. you know, but at the same time, in because of the company of people. Right, you
1: just look, take it for granted. Which is probably
0: why they did it too, you know, exactly. But You're like, oh, this is just how Kind of a classic scam, trying, like, right? You see. use
1: the one endorsement mm-hmm. of one person to mix with another one, and then you got 10 endorsements, and everyone's, just, they're all standing around going, this is all cool. Yeah. And, like, some guys got in and spun this thing up, you know, this seed of this, deceit. And uh, done that. Like, you know, in what usually happens is they get found out, they get, they go to jail. So that's what will happen to this guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's my, that's my story. I, I literally remember telling you about this trip. You totally. remember when I was like, I think I'm going to go on this totally.
1: trip. I'm going on one. Like, like the, these things are yeah. not unusual, you know, and mine's for mine's yeah, a charitable exactly. thing. They're raising money, very mm-hmm. reputable. Done it before all, you know, honky dory. But, you know, yeah, just, the, like, we get, we have, I have five people that full-time work for fraud in entirely. They literally, yeah. we're trying to keep out mm-hmm. fake churches and credit card testing and the links mm-hmm. that people go to to create a fake account. Yeah. They're, they're photoshopping, like, bank statements. It's insane. And we get them. We get yep. them all. But, um, and we hand them over to the FBI and, you know, it's just, but, like, mm-hmm. There's just evil people out there, man. So got to keep your guard
0: up. It's it's wild. Be careful, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, The grift, the grift, the grift is real and never goes away. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Well, Dean, once again, thank you. Always fun. Um, If you're listening now, follow us on our new YouTube channel, which we haven't really promoted much, but we got a new YouTube channel at Kings and Priests Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, sign up for the newsletter, um, and uh, we will see you right back here.